Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Farah. This is Alex. And welcome to season two of the podcast. Dude, dude, dude. It's been a, almost a year since we started our first yeah. podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, time flies really quickly. Well, especially when you're quarantined. Eh, uh, not me. <laughs> well, you were not quarantined. Well, I didn't travel. We're doing COVID. Oh, that, bit, oh, that, that is locked down. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's still a quarantine. Um, I wouldn't say so. Quarantine is like a specific time. Lockdown is... Well, it's still homebound. Homebound, that is true. And we are prevented from going to the lab, which is really sad. Well, I not really... that you were going to a lab anyway, but... But, you know, an office next to a lab... <laughs> And I miss everyone in the lab. Do you? Yes, very much so. Um, what, what do you miss the most? Other than physically being in there? Just like the atmosphere, you know, just being, you know, one minute you're doing an experiment, the next someone comes over, you're having a friendly chat. Or, you know, you just go grab a coffee, you can get a pretzel from a shop I'm not going to name because we might have to give them credit. <laughs> That is true. Um, we might get a vibe chase, but never mind. Um, <laughs> Doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I do miss that tea break, coffee break, break mm. random chats. Or like, you know, I'd be working on an experiment and just randomly you appear with a question on a paper. I was like, yeah, what does this mean? <laughs> Why are you injecting gold in the mice? It's really pointless, waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> just making the mice that little bit more extra. <laughs> more valuable. Yeah. <laughs> but... Well, mostly sometimes because I'm so bored sitting on my desk because the atmosphere is not the same like in the lab. We do chat a bit, but it's not the same. Yeah. So when I fancy a walk, so I just storm in into Alex's lab and there's so many people to talk to, like a lot more supply of human interaction. <laughs> That's what I called it. And yeah, I miss lunch times. Mm-hmm. How we plan lunch or sometimes second lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I call it coffee breaks, okay? <laughs> Prolonged coffee, second coffee break. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, it's a social thing. And then just lockdown, I'm, I feel I'm out of sync because I don't have the routine anymore. Like wake up in the morning, get the bus. I completely lost track of time. Not gonna lie. I know. Yeah. So one minute it was March, the next it was June, and before <laughs> like after that it was back in May. I was like, what is happening? Yeah, you just you don't know what happened in between, and then. I feel in terms of working as well, I prefer to go in somewhere to work. At least you know you're working mm. or you try to work. But at home, as much as you try to work, but you're not as productive. Yeah. There's we- always distraction. I fell asleep so many times midway. Well, that's what happens when you work in your bedroom because you associate this room with a place where you sleep or become unconscious. <laughs> become unconscious. Well, yeah, you know, just temporarily, <laughs> like, just like a matter of six to eight hours, you know, just... Have a pee with the dreamland. <laughs> Taste of unconsciousness. <laughs> it's like a trial version of death. <laughs> it's controlled, it's controlled, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you associate with room of sleeping. So working in a room in which you, your body is ready to go to sleep is really hard. <laughs> That's it's why, it, you know, you should try to do it in a living room. But then again, you associate with this room something else than like, working. Like, um, what's chilling because it's what yeah. you do in the living room watching TV sit on fire so unless you you know you're one of the people who have enough budget to own a home office an office yeah <laughs> that will be 
ideal. Yeah, because then you've got a room dedicated to thinking. But if you have a place in which you think is a place in which you like you eat or you cook or you chill watching TV, then you, you don't Partying. have... Yeah, you don't have a physical cut-off anymore. And either it becomes just solely thinking and then you just work, 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 like Rihanna. Uh, oh, that song, yeah. Or then you just try to work, but you're just procrastinating all the time. That is true, yeah. Although, because I work for my bed, previously I do not own a desk or a chair, so I just sit oh, yeah, in my bed You had an work. office. So it wasn't necessary for you to have a Yeah, it wasn't necessary, but during lockdown, I've been working from my bed and, yeah, fell asleep. (laughs) But it's also convenient because the first thing I get up in the morning, my laptop is next to my pillow and I just woke up and start working. Well, not necessarily, because you don't have a physical break between work and Yeah, that's a bad habit, yeah. So I find that, yeah, there's no... What do, you, what do you call it? Sectioning of your mm-hmm. life? Everything is just mould up in one big bundle. Work, eat, sleep, rest, relax. Now some people become like more productive because obviously they're just going to do work but obviously it's hard to find a balance. Like keep the same balance as before because you, know, you need to stay a healthy mind. It's true, and then if you just overwork yourself, and then you just can't work anymore, or you don't work at all, and then you realise you have to do like five all nighters. I know, yeah. Um, the balance is important because sometimes if I really focus on my work while working from home, I forgot to take like breaks. I forgot to drink more. I noticed that I drink much less at home because you know in the office people are like oh let's have a cup of tea, like oh yeah I need more water. I need to get away from what I was doing and have a actual break physically hydrate yourself yeah or have a walk like stretch your legs but you when you work from home I fight, I just lost the time and then just realized it's gone dark and even if you, like if you're in a flat you know there's just so much things you can do because you don't necessarily have a garden so you can't go out and walk in your garden or when it was nice weather back like three days in March oh that's, <laughs> that was too hot I was hiding inside I never want to leave my yeah but like it was a free nice days we had this year so you know the lucky people who have a garden they could have you know they were were outside having barbecues oh that was me by the way (laughs) (laughs) you know those lucky people (laughs) could do that (laughs) yeah I tried to sit in my garden and do my work it didn't work I tried I mean I have a laptop with me Mm. With the internet connection, hoping I was doing work, but... An internet connection. An internet connection. I didn't see a stable one. <laughs> so just a internet connection. Well, that's the thing, too, because everyone's at home, so all the home broadband networks have been, like... Oh, very, very slow and laggy, yeah. yeah. And then you can see the traffic as well, like... I don't know, I've, I've, I always do broadband chat every first thing in the morning, and then the speed is quite slow when the office hours off start, like working hours around night-ish, and then it gets better throughout the midday. Well, you know, everyone gets online, but they don't really use internet, they're probably just checking Yeah, but then at the much. end of the day, like around like 4-ish to 5, yeah. and it got slow again. Because people look at Netflix and stuff. I said, I said they were like, oh, like, I had better, like do work before working hours finish no like it's, you know probably people you know upload the last documents for the day or it's towards the end of the day so you know you have to entertain the kids too so you put something on the TV 
And what can you do? Because there's just so much live TV during quarantine, you know. <laughs> We're not going to produce new stuff because we have to physically distance each other, wearing a mask. We probably won't even understand what each other's saying. That is true, yeah. I forgot about people having kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they people must... do have those. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't click my mind that working from home, which means you are with your kids the whole time and that must be really distracting mm-hmm. like how can you tell your child like I'm working don't speak to me for the next eight hours but like you have to work but you also have to ensure that the child is receiving the education it should have have should have yeah so let's say your child was in yeah all from the, the online teaching yeah but because there's just so much that online teacher can do but then you know the parent has to take over at some point and help a kid understand more practical things like if the the teacher just you know went over multiplications there's no way of a, a cl- you know virtual class that a kid can do not exercises sure, not sure if understand. i can do that yeah exactly <laughs> yeah not it's not that. necessarily easy but you know we just have to get used to it that is true that's a new normal no, put um, that in quotation marks no not really because kids are back in physically back in school now yeah but for how long um i'm not sure because if there's going to be another spike of uh, coronavirus, <laughs> <laughs> like how did we say? <laughs> Is that how she say it? it well, yeah, um, I'll get a thing. But if there's another spike of COVID, then we're probably just going to close the schools again and be online again. Online again, yeah. Same as like universities as well. Like I don't know, but most courses, but. Um, the one that I'll be teaching, we're having like online classes or online seminars instead of like physically being in there. So yeah, if there's another spike of uh, the coronavirus, like Cardi B says, you know. Um, yeah. a plague. Well, it is a plague. We're sort of have it under control. It's not well, like... because people have been respecting, you know, social distancing, wearing a mask, <coughs> uh... Karen. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everyone, isn't it? Like... Yeah, no. Oh, there's been so many videos of, like, you know, I, I quotation marks, Karen is not a specific person, but the, the, the idea type of a person named Karen that always wants to speak <laughs> to the manager and just doesn't want to wear a face mask because, you know, it, it impedes on her right and it's going to control her brain function and just going to locate her. Guess what? You've got a phone. It already does all of the above. Yeah. What is she on about? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but social distancing, some people do I mean, not respect it. I understand that there are some... These, like illnesses where you can't have a mask like asthma because it's going to impede on breathing because it's already hard for you but people who just don't want to wear a mask because we just don't want to it's like come on go up you're not a kid anymore that's it that's pure selfish like fair enough if you don't have one just go to the market get one but if you just don't want to wear it because you don't want to wear it just because I don't like no, not doing it yeah because yeah it's a coronavirus is really tricky because we don't, it's a new thing, we don't really understand it, but it does 
prevent you from spreading it. So that's why people was like, oh, if I don't have one, then the, if the mask is going to prevent me from spreading it, and I don't have it. But you don't know if you. It's not just carrying it. stopping you from spreading it. It also. If, receiving. Yeah. Look, if someone you wear a mask and someone just happens to sneeze next to you, you still have some layer of protection. Okay, it's not perfect, but you know, it's better than nothing. Yeah, that is true. And then, although there's social distance to control that, but not everyone res- respect. I feel that like people are not respecting social distancing. Like, when I go out in the shops and then you meant to be like, what was it now? One meter? Distance. No, it's two meter, I think, still. Some places are one, like, really? I see the signs. But, but it's the thing, it depends where you go, because like, I go to my local Tesco's and everyone respects two meters, so they've got masks, and there's even disinfectant outside, so I don't know if it's probably like an area thing or. I'm not sure, but yeah, people like, yeah, I went to like local Tesco near mine, and then people just walk right next to me, and I was like, what are you doing? And I got minor panic. And I just stopped breathing. I'm not sure how's that going to help, but I just, just stare them down like, mm, how <laughs> dare you? <laughs> I would just like literally brush my shoulders. I'd be like, this is not one meter distance. I mean, I'm not good in math, but I know that it's not one meter. But you know, it's the holy <laughs> triangle of like protection. Well, I say holy in quotation marks again. So like, yeah. you have to have social distancing, wearing a mask, and clean your hands. Cleans your hands. Cl- yeah, clean well, your hands. Everything sanitize. Yeah, you have to do those three things, or like all the time you go outside. It's like putting up a wall. It because you're protected behind these three walls. But mm-hmm. if you only do two of these three things, well, what's the point? Because there's there's a gap in protection. You know, there's a tiny point, but it's not. Well, wouldn't be. Well, no, great. if you don't wash your hands, like you you, you knock down none of the walls. So there's one point of entry already. If you don't wash your hands, that don't respect the two meters social distancing. And then you touch got, your face. Yeah, and then you got two walls down, and then you just got one barrier, which is basically useless at this point. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying either all or nothing. I'm saying you should better, you know, something's better than nothing, but you should do all of them. Yeah, it's not like lack of knowledge, isn't it? Because I think it's in the TV and radio that they keep saying over and over about this three rules and people still not respecting it. But actually, there was a paper made by the um, CDC back when people were receiving smallpox in the letterboxes on how to handle a pandemic and the one key thing is to have one unified voice, a person that was designed, uh, no, designated, sorry, to just relay the information so everyone can put the trust in the person and the person has to be impartial, just talk about facts and not give opinions. That is true, the problem is, opinion. there were so many people oh who were talking... God about the virus that that person doesn't exist so everyone has just one point of contact for their information which is not necessarily true all the time because it's just relayed opinion and that's even more dangerous than the virus itself because it's it's a it's nearly a viral idea (laughs) it is yeah like what post it on social media yeah, so like if you've got that one person saying it's a hoax and then you've got the other person saying it's true and then you've got a third person saying oh maybe we should do something <laughs> and then a fourth person you maybe. know it goes on and on and on and on and instead of just having that one unified voice through that one key speaker who relays information it's one per nation not one worldwide so you know it's manageable but just having that one person 
that we can put our trust in who knows are only going to relay facts and you know be truthful even if the facts turn out to be wrong in the future but for the facts you know, that it's only unified yeah it, if it was something that we thought to be true at some point and didn't know better and then knew better at another time you know you can, people can be wrong that's not the problem here the problem is that we don't have that one unified voice to put our trust into but I think we sort of do it's not like our NHS or like like, for yeah, example, but if you say the NHS, do you have one person that comes up in mind? Um, I can't remember his name, but the person in the public health. See, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, can't really remember the person's name. Yeah, and then they have like the general Westminster announcement, and then you have the then you've Hollywood. Got PM, then you've got the Hollywood your, announcement. Yeah, you've got, you've got your MPs, and then you've got your, you know. It's just a mess. It's a mess, yeah. <laughs> and then I think people try to be smart as well, like posting things like online and people, I don't know, because I think in this era, people don't really know how to filter between facts. And no, that's not true. It's been proven that people recognise false information correctly. The problem is, is the person who will just share it without checking the information so if you don't read throughout the article and just the title itself and you think oh that might be interesting I'm going to share it to other people and just share it on Facebook and someone who doesn't necessarily look again through the sources so that's like second hand twice not looking at the sources to know that it's not correct because if you look through the article like from top to bottom you will know it's false information but if you just skim through it and get information but you don't realise it's wrong yeah but how about like people that think if you drink bleach then you could cure well I'm sorry for them but at this point it's just natural selection isn't it (laughs) (laughs) I mean that is clearly like common sense drinking bleach natural selection like (laughs) you're just killing yourself I mean at least there's nobody to clean up after oh that is true it's all melted isn't it yeah (laughs) but yeah so that brings us to um, our journal club part of the section so the journal club today is my turn and I'm going to present an article that well, I find it interesting because within the domain of my research, which is dementia. I have no idea what the article is for the moment, so please introduce yeah, it. Yes, so this article is written by Anna McKeever and Co. And Co. And Co. <laughs> As I think about 10 different co-authors, so... And Co. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um, the title of the paper is hippocampal subfield volumes in middle-aged adults at risk of dementia mm-hmm. so hippocampus is um, a middle part of your brain that controls mostly memories and cognition it also holds its name because it looks like a, a sea lion which is it yeah it, it's because no a seahorse sorry and which its latin name is uh, hippocampus so because oh, it looks exactly like it. it's been I named think, after yeah I, I knew that it's the shape but i didn't yeah. know it's it's a latin word because i'm like i study neuroscience for like a couple of years now and i honestly don't know how they name the brain part because some of them i could not even pronounce but thankfully i could pronounce hippocampal today um we're not gonna do like quiz on me trying to i'm just gonna say mark other that name. I'm just gonna <laughs> mark that which i can't do it no <laughs> Um, so, the cohort is um, from the Dementia Prevention from the Edinburgh University um, study. Mm-hmm. So, they, what, they do, what they did is they 
get middle-aged people who their parents have history of dementia so it's quite broad like maybe Alzheimer's or Parkinson's dementia or like mild connective impairments is abroad just a general or Lewy bodies Lewy body no just a general dementia and um, they do brain scans and then they specifically look at hippocampus and they measure the volume of every subjects and what they found is the hippocampus one part of hippocampus volume decreased which part? the hippocampus is the um, CA1. I don't know what CA stands for. I'm sorry. I mean, I should have known, but it's don't called. Ask me. <laughs> it's called, yeah, say hippocampus subfield CA1. I say, okay, that's the name, and I don't know where it originates and what language. But yeah, so the volumes are decreased, but these people, this cohort of uh, subjects, they do not have dementia yet. So they're, they're not dementiated, they're cognitively normal, that's what we call it, for a for like 50-year-old person. Mm-hmm. So just because they have a family history of dementia and therefore they have this decrease in volume compared to patients that do not have family history of dementia. Um, I think it's trying to show like, could be like a genetic related that they don't know yet, but certainly family history, but we can't pinpoint which specific genes that influence the reduction of volume. And interestingly, they did a two-year follow-up later on, so they re-scanned these patients and then they did the same thing, get the volume of hippocampus, and surprisingly, the volume of hippocampus increases compared to the baseline, which is like two years ago. Isn't that a good thing? Um, I'm not sure because it's it's a bit conflicting because like dementia is a neurodegenerative disease, so it's meant to degenerate. But in these people, the volume increases. That's opposite of degeneration. Making, maybe we're just getting better at remembering stuff. Um, I am not sure if they did the retest of the cognition test. So yeah, it didn't mention in the paper if they did the cognition test. All they mentioned just rescan the brain. Maybe we're just playing that, you know, that brain game on Nintendo. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> Look, I will volunteer myself and yeah, get to play games. But um, so yeah, that's what, interestingly, the brain volume increases, although they have a fam- uh, family history of dementia. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, um, I might, don't know, I might think that maybe like because it's some, like somewhere else in the brain that might degenerate, not the hippocampus, because this research didn't look at other brain, it just focused on the hippocampus, so maybe it tried to compensate what's missing. Mm-hmm. Like let's say you sell death and then, I don't know, maybe you could cell death um, induces inflammation and that inflammation could increase the volume but not like number of brain cells so not sure yet so I think um, there's much potential in this research they should look at I don't know can you quantify brain cells uh, I think the only way to do it is by chopping up oh uh, okay yes yeah, so it's, it's interesting to know like what makes the brain the hippocampus increases mm. because we know we know that the brain cell dies but the volume increases so what maybe it's just more fluid 
yeah, like inflammation, mm. yeah, more fluid. But I do not like. I hope in future we know more how this phenomenon happened because it's really important to prevent dementia maybe because dementia well currently we don't have cure or disease modifying drugs that means drug can either stop the degeneration or prevent it further or reverse it we don't have that yet and it's really costly like the number of like amount of healthcare family care and it's really sad so for my current project I'm looking at um, well progression of dementia so start from cognitively normal the same patient it was normal and then it goes to mild impairment and then dementia and and I realized that it's really sad that like some of the patients became from like just mild impairment to dementia in six months mm. that is really really short I start crying when I look at the age because initially it was blinded to me and then like, it revealed to me and I start crying Imagine if that's happened to me or my family. I mean, I can barely remember my own last name, which is quite disturbing now. <laughs> Maybe you do have a bit, but yeah. Um, must be. Hard. I'm not that old yet, yeah. But yeah. Must I be need hard to check my genes now. <laughs> to a gene screening. But yeah, so that's the conclusion of um, my It's probably harder on like the family than it is on the person itself because if you forget, you don't really realise what's happening. Or probably you do, which makes it scary, but everyone else knows you're going to forget too. Do you forget yourself? I don't know. Or do you like wake up one day and who I'm am I? Why, thing, is, so. why is it sunny outside? Like, who is this person? Well, obviously they don't know who like a family member if they're really, really severe but you know someone come and visit you and you have like no clue they are or then you become terrified of them because yeah strangers to you mm. it's a really sad disease it's a distraction from covid well it's not really a happy distraction is it it's not a happy distraction but yeah something to present to listeners other than constant covid and um, chit chatter around so dementia. So yeah, um, that's where we're gonna. Just a end. sec. 